0: Hi I'm Pratik Lidhu and I'm Prerna Lidhu and every week I watch a film that he hasn't watched and I watch a film that she hasn't watched and we get together and over intellectualize it
1: so do listen till the end
0: kyunki picture of baki <laughs> Hey guys, hello. I hope you're keeping safe, you're indoors and uh, all your loved ones are doing very well. Yes. Take care everybody and uh, we would like to begin this episode by thanking you guys because there's a good news. <laughs> yes. Uh, good news. we have crossed 2000 listeners Yay. in less than a month. Yeah. Did you ever think we'll have 2000 people listening to us? Uh
1: not really but theek hai.
0: I think it's a huge deal yeah. for us and shout out to our listeners and that's why quickly I would want to go through some of the comments that our listeners have written for us uh, Shivilex on Twitter writes keep him coming uh, advice well taken we <laughs> will keep him coming yeah. and uh, he also says that add a bit of trivia as it keeps things interesting hmm. of course I think it's a very uh, well put yeah. piece of advice
1: so one trivia for you is uh, they didn't have a real tiger in Life of Pi. It's
0: not random karne ko bola Anyway, Sumil Sudhakaran writes that the podcast uh, is enjoyable. He listened to the Fahad Fazil episode. If you haven't listened to it, you can go through our yeah, library. That's, I think,
1: our best uh, so far. Yes. episode so far. So, all you people in the South, Malu Gang, Woohoo! represent...
0: Yes, so uh, he also said that you guys compliment each other very well. We never knew that.
1: And I <laughs> never compliment her, actually.
0: Oh, please. People think so. And she so.
1: compliments me all the time that you're so good, you're so cute. But Ayy, I never compliment, wo compliment
0: <laughs> her. <laughs> anyway, uh, Samir Gupta from Goodgaon writes that the sound quality and production quality is top-notch. And I think the entire good. credit goes to Prateek because he is the sound guy.
1: Thank you, Samir.
0: Yeah, he takes care of the editing as well. I am basically useless. I just talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you were supposed to say, no, no, it's your contribution. Hai. No,
1: no, no. I don't compliment you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Sumil, you want to reconsider your comment that he does not compliment yeah. me. Anyway, he said that he listened to the Sound of Metal episode and he really liked it. And he has also recommended Four Lions, which is uh, by the same actor, Riz Riz Ahmed. Ahmed.
1: Have you seen it?
0: No, I haven't. We can definitely check it out in one of our upcoming episodes.
1: Yes. And uh, then we have uh, Grusha's comment. She's a friend of the show.
0: From and Canada. Yeah,
1: Canada. International audience. Yes, International
0: yes, yes. audience.
1: So she says that Prena's voice is nice. And my voice is on the low end as in. Maitni do I I don't agree with you.
0: Guys, we're not making these comments up. It's yeah. not like... I'm literally hum-
1: reading her chat, dude.
0: It's not like we're making a... Ba- See,
1: now you've given them an idea that they, we can make it up.
0: No, no. Our
1: idea was to keep it...
0: When j-
1: j- we idea believe it. We not it. We
0: Today we are going to be talking about two films, Nomad Land
1: and The Disciple. And uh, today's really nice thing about today is she's going to talk about the film that made it to the Oscars and I am going to talk about the film that Almost, Almost did. so yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: So the first film, Nomadland, is based on a 2017 book by Jessica Bruder, who traveled across the country for three years to document the lives of people on the road. So these are people who lost their jobs and are now nomads, Mm. basically. It's a very interesting theme. That's what I thought. Also another interesting thing is that this book is not a fictional account it's it's a real document of uh, people's lives on the road mm-hmm. and uh, adapting a movie from a non-fictional account i think is very interesting because the movie is yeah. not a documentary it it is a sure shot i think fictional film based on a book mm-hmm. So that was very interesting. Quickly getting into the plot of the film. So there is an industrial town which closes down and everybody loses their jobs. It's a story about Fern and the story totally revolves around her. We are not told too much about other characters of the film. She loses her jobs, her husband dies and she sells all her belongings to buy an RV van and travels around the US. That's basically the plot of the film. Uh, We are told about her trials and tribulations and how, uh, basically, how does she get through ...in her journey, literally. Mm. Uh, Fern's character, brilliantly played by Frances McDormand... ...who, by the way, won her third Best Actress Oscar for this film. Nice. And, you know, it was very interesting because in her speech... ...she uh, urges everybody to watch it on the biggest screen possible... ...because <laughs> I am pretty sure even they are tormented by the fact that... Yeah, ...people can't man. go and watch such a brilliant film in theatres. I wish I could have then watched it. did you it. watch
1: it on your phone then?
0: No, man. <laughs> I watched it on my laptop and I was just cursing myself throughout. Uh, It would have been great had I watched it in a theatre. That's mm. what I felt. That was my first reaction. Anyway, this picture also won the Best Picture by director Chloe Zhao, who is the first woman of colour to take home the Best Director Award. I think that was pretty incredible because she was also the second woman ever to get an Oscar for Best Best Director. Another bit of trivia. Do you know who's the first one?
1: I'm reading it off your notes right now. Catherine Bigelow.
0: Why? (laughs) Yeah, it was in fact Catherine (laughs) Bigelow. I said two mics. And now you... Tell me for which film? Uh,
1: Now that you've hidden your notes, I don't know.
0: (laughs) For Hurt Locker.
1: Oh yeah, shit, obviously. Yes, obviously. So I hate her, that means. Because... (laughs) What? (laughs) Because I wanted Avatar to win the...
0: Achha, uh, they were competing yeah, in the same yeah, yeah, yeah. slot. Yeah, okay. You so, don't hate her. I
1: do. <laughs> are, don't why, know what I is do. her fault? Are, I loved Avatar, dude.
0: Everybody did. But you know, for Chloe Zhao, I'm feeling really uh, good because she is directing Marvel's next Eternals.
1: Yeah, I've heard about it.
0: And that movie is going to be out in November 2021, by the way. I really hope we are able to watch it in theaters <laughs> by but then. But
1: anyway, we'll get it on... Uh, Disney Plus Yakuchna, they don't wait around it now. With their
0: movies. Yeah, but I really want to see a Marvel movie in a theater.
1: So I really like how these superhero films look for the most indie and the most critically acclaimed director and then get him to direct like a hundred million dollar budget movie. Uh, yeah. You saw that with... Uh, you saw that with Nolan of course then you saw that with um, the guy who did Guardians of the Galaxy so I really like that even now they are starting to uh, get these uh, uh, indie and very uh, niche
0: directors
1: not exactly niche but people who have who have a very uh, distinct vision Mm. They uh, get them to direct these really good, crazy franchise movies. So that's really cool.
0: It's also interesting that uh, Nomadland was made uh, in a budget less than $5 million. Mm. And Eternals is going to be 40 times that budget. (laughs) So I really want to see how uh, Chloe performs. In
1: India, when something like that happens, you get rice.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but I really want to see it in a theatre. You get rice
1: and Bombay Velvet.
0: (laughs) No, no, I am pretty sure uh, this one would be better. Anyway, so I would say that Chloe Tao has clearly arrived. We would think so, but... Actually, no, not for the Chinese government. You know why? Because mm. all the congratulatory messages for her were censored and they were removed from Chinese social media websites. I thought that was really ridiculous that she had to face flack for a, for a th- 2013 interview where she said, where she called China a place where there are lies everywhere. And even the release I'm hearing is cancelled for this film. So,
1: Yeah, you say obviously, what else do you
0: expect? Yeah, but I know that well, China is not a democracy in Huh. but I really felt that there's such a contrast that she's been uh, this world-renowned first Chinese woman to win the Best Director Award and here in her own home country she's not being respected yeah. that much I really uh, fe- felt bad anyway, coming back to the film I really like how van dwelling has been introduced as an alternative lifestyle and it's apparently, it's a it's a thing in yeah, you. yeah,
1: it's a very big thing because... Uh, in a lot of films in a lot of urban films, you have at least one or two characters who live in a trailer. So well, hey, that has been like a very uh, it earlier used to be like a very subculture wala zone ki ek character hota tha movie, mein, but yeah, to have a central character have that light entire style. film about uh, entire this entire film yeah. about it seems very Yeah
0: that's why Fern's story seems very personal especially you know during a pandemic when most of us are quarantined and mm. uh, it it's it really struck a chord there and uh, I think the film clearly reinforces this difference between a house and a home there's a woman who calls her uh, home she she basically asks her are you homeless she, to which she replies no I'm houseless It's a very powerful statement, you know, that what is the difference between being homeless and houseless? Mm -hmm. And the film keeps reinforcing that at a a lot of uh, junctures. I also like that not even in one frame, she looks lonely. You would you would think that she would, because it's a personal story, you would look at her as a victim, you would look at her vulnerable moments. I did not think that she was vulnerable. She celebrates two New Year Eves by herself. She's wearing a Happy New Year crown and the same crown she wears the next uh, year as well because she has limited belongings. She wasn't really lonely. She was befriending nature. I think that's what really, uh, like, that was a very powerful statement. The film has a very personal vibe. You, You feel like you've spoken, the writer has spoken to these people and it's a really personal journey. And it's clear from dialogues like, you know, one of the characters says, I never say final goodbyes. There are no final goodbyes for me. I always say, I'll see you down the road. It's a very beautiful, yeah, powerful but- statement. So f- the film is sprinkled with these beautiful visual dialogues and and uh, it, it just makes you think. I think it leaves you with a lot of content for personal introspection. And uh, basically, it's, it's really deep in that sense, I would say. Why I'm saying uh, that it's a personal story, the film actually... Has real life nomads and the most memorable characters, except for, uh, of course, Linda, Swanky, and even Bob Wells. These are real life characters, real life nomads. Mm-hmm. Bob Wells, in, in fact, is an influencer. He has a YouTube channel who promotes nomadic lifestyle uh, in his videos and runs a camp in, an annual camp in Arizona.
1: So, uh, I have a question. Yeah. Do you think casting these real life people uh, in a film, it adds a layer of authenticity, which is like, mostly inexplicable. I'll tell you why I'm saying this. Like uh, Shikara, Jo movie, thi, Uska yeah. very huge buzz about that film was that all the extras in the film are, are, are Kashmiri actual yeah. uh, Kashmiri refugees. Hmm. So, and it did add some texture to it, but obviously it didn't add anything much to the film. Mm. So do you think having uh, this sort of a casting method where you are, I'm like, obviously it would have been difficult for these guys to find all these people and get them to act in a film because they are obviously not uh, real actors.
0: Yeah. So
1: do you think, going through itni sari mehnat actually does something for the film
0: for a film like this definitely because it this film is about them and this film is about their personal story and if that but, person is coming across and telling you that to your face yeah i think it makes hell lot of a lot of difference but if you
1: wouldn't have known that these guys are real life nomads hmm. would it have made a difference would like is just I matlab mean, kya uh, distinction hai because we know as viewers that these are real life nomads
0: but my point is that the these characters are still memorable I would I still connect with Linda and Swanky in the film had I, had I not known that these are real life actors I still connect with these uh-huh. characters but knowing that these are real life nomads oh my god yeah. it just adds another layer of that depth and authenticity mm-hmm. and connect to uh, these characters yeah. so I think that it does make a difference mm-hmm. Maybe I need a rewatch of the film to get this. Um, You know, she randomly... The movie starts with her moving out and getting a RV van. That's uh, the the first few scenes. So I did not know her motivation to... Like, your husband dies. You have lost a job. You're finally free. You want to live a life of freedom. You want to travel around. But what... Like, traveling through the country in an RV van... Is it the first thought that you get... Like, what were your motivations to choose a lifestyle like this? Because this is not easy. And we've, we've been shown in the film that she has a family. She has friends who care about her. They tell her that, you know, we'll get you a job. We'll get you a how uh, you can live with us. There, she has a sister. So what was her motivation to abandon all of that and choose a lifestyle like this? That is the big question that I still, I think, I, it's, it remains unanswered for me. So I would want to leave you with a line from the film that has really struck a chord with me. I might, you know, print it out somewhere mm-hmm. and keep it in my room because it's, it, uh, this is something very special and uh, very sharp. So it says, Home is just a word or is it something you carry within you?
1: Hmm. Really?
0: It leaves you it with leaves that. It leaves you,
1: yeah.
0: With that thought. Home is just a word or is it something you carry within you? You know, it makes you question the concept of home. What is a home? Is it a tangible object? Is it a feeling? Um, Is it an emotion that you carry within you? What is home? So I would leave you with that thought.
1: And I would leave you with a self-plug. Listen to my track called (laughs) Gar. This reminds me of that.
0: Which is on Spotify. You can find it
1: on Okay, so let us talk about the film that I watched. The name of the film is The Disciple and I am very uh, perplexed about the choice of movies I've made (laughs) in these weeks because last week I watched uh, 99 Songs which was a total fairy tale Hmm. and that was also about music. This movie is also about music but diametrically opposite to 99 Songs this is like as real as it can get. So real that it sometimes made me doubt my choices as an artist. So, <laughs> it like the film was a uh, tough watch, I would say. So, uh, quickly talking uh, about the film. Uh, it is a Marathi film which is directed, which is written, directed and edited by Chaitanya Tamane. He is the guy who had directed quote. If you've not seen it, for sure, watch that movie because... Uh, I don't think we've had a more important film that talks about India as like, I don't think we've had a more important film than quote, so please, uh, watch that movie and it stars Aditya Modak in the lead role, uh, dravid Sumitra so Bhave and many other people. But yeah, uh, Aditya Modak is the central character. He, his name is Sharad and, uh, like the big hype around the film was that uh, Alfonso Cuaron has come on board as the executive producer so let us uh, first talk a bit about how that happened because I think that story is a really interesting one and uh, uh, it's very motivational for uh, young artists who uh, you know maybe feeling that uh, their art is worthless and you know, what they can do. So this story is really nice. Uh, so uh, after um, uh, Chaitanya had made court, there is this Rolex protégé and mentor program where uh, Chaitanya had applied for it and he got selected amongst a lot of entries and he got to work with uh, Alfonso quoron on Roma. And from there, they had uh, established a relationship and uh, that ended up in, uh, you know, uh, Alfonso uh, helping him uh, with this movie. And he also later ended up becoming the executive producer of the film. So I think that uh, this edition of Alfonso Quaron really is visible in the film in some ways, if you compare it with his last film. So uh, let's quickly go uh, over the plot. It's a very basic plot, like nothing uh, very complex. So the film revolves around Sharad and he is a Indian classical vocalist. And the story revolves around his uh, day-to-day strive for perfection in his art. And this journey takes him through a lot of competitions, a lot of uh, meetings with his gurus, a lot of uh, him listening to old tapes of a... of Mai, who is a a very old uh, female classical singer. So uh, it's basically an extended internal monologue of Sharad and what he discovers the perfection and the abstract goal that artists look for. So if you are getting confused with the plot, please don't blame me. The film is as confusing as I am... Uh, as it sounds yeah. right now.
0: When I asked him, how did you like the <laughs> film? He said, I don't know.
1: Exactly. <laughs> because it's like, like while you're watching it, it is just some musical numbers, some mu- some like classical music pieces and some uh, voiceovers and some very disconnected scenes. That's it. But after you watch the movie, if you think about the film holistically, you get to know that, okay, uh, the guy is talking about how sometimes us aiming for perfection is the thing that deters us from ever getting there. So I don't think I need to worry much about spoilers because there are no spoilers as such. I'll just talk about some moments that I really liked uh, in that film and they are not uh, specific scenes. They are just motifs that uh, Chetanya as a director and as a writer explored really well according to me. So, uh, in the movie, there is this uh, very mythical uh, figure called Mai. who has never given permission to uh, record any piece So she doesn't have any recordings. Uh, She's a very uh, mythical creature. She mai like to hume bhi aisa karna hai, like that. But she doesn't have any recordings. Nobody knew uh, how she sounds like. And the only recordings of her are with Sharad, which are not even recordings of her singing. They are secret recordings of her lectures and Sharad gets his everyday motivation by listening to these recordings and when you're listening to these recordings uh, in the first half you uh, in like in the initial part of the film you really connect with them And it's like the um, usual quasi-pretentious stuff that artists say that you have to be in tune with the God and uh, technicality doesn't matter. uh, Technique cannot take you anywhere. It's only the uh, feeling and expression, whatever, whatever. And at that time, you feel really gratified as an artist that, acha that's how I feel also. And I believe her. But by the end, Sharad, I won't say realizes, but he also starts questioning that was uh, whatever she saying, was it actually true? And like he starts questioning him, believing in uh, that philosophy so much. So that I think was a really good reality check, even for me, as I was watching it, because I was ki haan, jo idea main I the idea Artist uh, what is my aim for perfection? Kya actually such hai bias. Am I just like uh, 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 trying to achieve something which doesn't even exist? While you're watching it, you a lot of times you get really restless because you want the film to spell it out for you exactly. You want a scene where uh, So there's a scene where he comes really close to uh, realizing that whatever Mai was saying is complete bullshit. There's a uh, old record collector guy, and he tells he's like a gossip mongerer of the classical music scene, and he tells him uh, all kind of like he, he's like the mythbuster of. Uh, their gang. So he's like, अरे नहीं ये तो कुछ नहीं, ये तो ऐसे करता है। इसको इतना अच्छा समझते थे, वो तो bigot है और वो Muslims के बारे में ऐसा बोलती थी। So in that scene, I thought that, okay, this scene will end with him talking about Mai and him uh, and the other guy saying कि अच्छा नहीं, Mai तो ऐसा करती थी, वो तो कुछ भी नहीं करती थी, वो तो इतना गंदा करती थी, खुद something like that, which would have been like a very punchy moment, but that ends on such a subtle note where they do cast that suspicion in Sharad's head without maligning Mai's name in any way. So I really felt in some places they could have maybe spelled it out a bit but then of course you if you know Chaitanya Tamane's uh, storytelling style you know that he's not just gonna simply give you the hmm.
0: He's not a spoon feeder. Yeah
1: he's not a spoon feeder at all. Hmm. So that's <laughs> that's what the film is all about. Now I think more than the film I was more intrigued about this collaboration between uh, Alfonso Cuaron and uh, Chetanya Tamane because both of them are very empathetic to their characters and uh, I think their style of storytelling matches each other because if you've seen quote you know that uh, there are there will be those drawn out long sequences where stuff is happening and uh, he won't tell you what to focus at by editing or by cinematography similar is the style with quaron where in roma he'll just have a long scene play out and uh, he won't necessarily uh, go very Point close out, to yeah. the uh, to the subject and he won't uh, tell a lot with sound and editing and all of these things but what i think but what i feel uh, alfonso quaron's uh, collaboration on this project gave chetanya tamane was a sense of motion within that as well because comparing this film to court court uh cinematically speaking was a very static film uh, there would be a long shot of the court yeah there would be a long shot of his uh, uh, the singer's performance and he would keep singing or uh things will happen police aake arrest and you'll have like a 8 minute scene and then that pura scene be here also there are a lot of scenes where something like this happens but the f- this the way the scene is shot is much more fluid and you can see the influence of alfonso cuaron Uh, him and his cinematographer because I've heard that even the cinematographer for the film is suggested by Alfonso. So you can see that, okay, even though it is, it has the inherent stillness of Chaitanya Tamane, the fluidity it gets comes from, I think, Alfonso's style of ...shooting films.
0: And I think... uh, ...what this film will also gain... uh, ...with Alfonso Cuaron's name on it... ...and his influence... ...is a lot of respect for our indie filmmakers... ...and small filmmakers. For example... Court did not get that kind of respect as this film. Like this film film was trending on Twitter. That happened only because everybody was talking about it because Alfonso Cuaron was involved in an Indian film like this. So Mm. I think that really gives a push for small filmmakers who really want to make it big and have good stories to tell.
1: Exactly. And more than that, I think it will give our films, our indie films especially, a more, like collaborations like these it will give our films a much more uh, polished look because uh, comparing this film to coat i think it's a way better short film it's a way better flowing film uh, i remember uh, shujit sarkar uh, talking about in an interview saying that uh, he wants this particular cinematographer because he wants the film to look european so that's what i'm talking about that this it the frames look there's that grain to it there is a uh, the sound has thoda sa, it uses a lot of resonance and it's warm right. which I think is missing from our uh, a lot of our indie films so I think such a collaboration would help with that
0: I think similarly do you remember Beyond the Clouds which yeah, was directed Majeedi. by Majid Majidi yeah. an Iranian filmmaker similarly I think it has all the Indian actors everything is it's shot in India everything is just like our movies but it just takes it to another level with that foreign touch and not just it's this has nothing to do with being a foreign film or having that foreign influence it's just that uh, you know there's that, that magic touch comes
1: the thing i have with beyond the clouds clouds is it is not a indian gaze in that sense it is a a foreigner's gaze what i'm saying is have an indian point of view But just in the presentation, like the way uh, Anubhav Sinha did in uh, Article 15, the way Danny Boyle did it in Slumdog. So I'm talking about things like that, where the voice is your own, but just in the presentation, you get some, you try something new.
0: I want to see a day when Indian directors and Indian writers uh, do a film like this and that gets uh, an acclaim like that in that level.
1: I think the biggest, the saddest fact is that we do films like these every now and then, but nobody watches them. Like nobody, not a lot of people watched Court, not a lot of people watched Abbas, not a lot of people watched Gamak Ghar. So there are a lot of these films which are buzzing in the festival ka circuit, which are like brilliant, brilliant films. films. Like there is no match period. Like not here, nowhere there is a match for such kind of films. But people in India don't watch it and then they just go unnoticed. Like a film like Court would have gone unnoticed if it wouldn't have been nominated for an Oscar. If it wouldn't have won a national even award, even this
0: one, I think we still we're still very star driven in our films. Yeah. Even this one would have gone unnoticed had it not had Alfonso's name. Would not you say that?
1: uh this anyway is getting unnoticed, but
0: no. Have you seen uh, the kind of Twitter mentions this? That movie was,
1: ha- utna level pe to court pe bhi tha, People ho rethe, But I'm talking like a Syrah level of
0: acclaim. Acclaim
1: yeah. where it's it's still an indie quote unquote film not as India as Fandry of course but it's still a movie which talks about something very grounded but it is making a hundred crore kind of a thing hmm. because we need these kind of movies to make money so that more people
0: are encouraged, are
1: to... encouraged to make such movies. Mm-hmm. I for indie director ko paise milte hai, indie movies bana bana ke, aur wo fir, you can Raiz Raees
0: Oh, please. We would not have been able to get Myra Khan in a Bollywood movie had Raees not... but... <laughs> <Are> the... <laughs> <laughs> so we <laughs> need a-, a commercial element. Bhi we need commercial some dilemmas em- to happen. Commercial
1: element ke mein we should... Like, I really like how somebody like a Neeraj Pandey, the way he does commercial uh, films, that's... Good enough. That's
0: okay. I think there's space for everybody. Please uh, don't stop making Raheem.
1: <laughs> no. This guy... Make
0: Parzania but also make Raheem. Everything has to coexist. No.
1: You make the kind of films you actually want to make and the kind of films... I am
0: pretty sure he wanted to make Raheem. Yeah. Anyway, this banter will never end. <laughs> so uh, this brings us to the end of this episode. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you're staying Stain... Uh, uh, Saying Stain staying sane oh. staying
1: sane I hope I hope you are staying sane <laughs> <laughs>
0: staying sane and safe
1: Haan.
0: and uh, please do write to us at picture hai on Instagram yes. and uh, we would love to hear what you like about the show what you hate about the show and what you detest about the show
1: no no tell me only the things that you like don't tell me hate and all stuff
0: no 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 I am open to criticism
1: I am not <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, okay, bye.
1: Bye, bye.